everybody. Welcome to Women in Retail Talks, the podcast where C-suite executive women in the retail space share their stories of professional growth, leadership development, personal journeys, and more. I'm Melissa Campanelli, the co-founder of Women in Retail Leadership Circle, which is a membership-based community of executive women at leading retailers and brands. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Fran Dunaway, a media executive turned fashion entrepreneur and co-founder and president of Tomboy X, which is a Seattle-based gender-neutral underwear and loungewear brand that was launched in 2013. The brand started as a passion project in collaboration with Fran's wife and co-founder, Naomi Gonzalez, to create the perfect button-up shirt before pivoting to focus on underwear based on the overwhelming demand for their first boxer brief for women. Fran and Tomboy X are driven by a belief that brands can be a force for positive change and their messaging promotes a human agenda to inspire conversation about gender, confidence, acceptance, and inclusion. In this episode, we're discussing Fran's career and the inspiration behind Tomboy X, an exclusive collaboration Tomboy X launched with Target on new designs to celebrate Pride Month, Fran's experience being an openly gay leader, and what's next for her and Tomboy X. So with that, thanks for joining me today, Fran. Thank you so much, Melissa. I'm happy to be here. We were just talking about how we've been sort of communicating for years over email, but we've never actually met. So I'm excited to finally meet you. <laughs> I know it. I know it. It's, it's great to come out of the pandemic finally. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so um, I talked a little bit about Tomboy X at the opener and a bit, a little bit about your career, but I would love to kind of, for you to kind of walk me through your career and then sort of how Tomboy X came about or the inspiration behind it. You bet. You know, I, I've actually had three different career paths and uh, call myself an accidental entrepreneur, but I'm really glad that I got to experience that as part of my career path because it, it really is a great fit for me, um, especially the culmination of the things I did in the past. But uh, it wasn't intentional. Prior to this, I was a partner in a media strategies firm, and we produced political ads for Democrats nationwide. And uh, and so didn't know a nip from a woven or a PL from a balance sheet. So it was a, a pretty big leap. That's great. And then what about the inspiration for Tomboy X? How did that come about? You know, I'm, I really like a shirt with a collar. I prefer a button up shirt as opposed to a knit since I now know the difference. And uh, I really like a shirt like a Robert Graham or a Ben Sherman. I was looking for that for women. And um it wasn't out there. So my then girlfriend, now wife, said, uh, said uh, fortuitously, you know, well, how hard can it be to start a clothing line? So we took the leap and, and uh, bootstrapped the development of some beautiful button-up shirts. That's so great. How exciting. Going after, you know, you, you saw a need and you tried to fulfill that need. That's awesome. Um, so I know that your role at the company has changed a bit. We talked about a little bit about that earlier. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah. Well, you know, after we made the button up shirts and launched that, uh, we launched a Kickstarter campaign to pay for the shirts, but we'd picked the name Tomboy because we thought it was a cute name. And lo and behold, that was, was a instant brand recognition for a lot of people. We had stepped into a white space that we didn't know was there, but we were pretty sure uh, there were a lot more people like us out there that were just looking for comfort and quality and so we were lucky in that they told us very loud and clear that what was missing in the marketplace was comfortable underwear, particularly boxer briefs made for women. So we did launch the first boxer briefs made for women. And that was, that's uh, kind of the, the pivot that we made. And then the company really started to grow. We 
had uh, six months later, we tripled our revenue. We started scratching our heads and wondering, well, perhaps we're a, we're an underwear company. And so a couple of years later, we did pivot completely into underwear. We now are full apparel brand, lifestyle brand. We've got um, loungewear, sleepwear, swimwear, activewear, and underwear. And we carry sizes triple extra small through 6X now. And that was all based on consumer demand. And so as we've grown and as we've pivoted out of out of being a startup company and are much more moving into the phase of scale of, of being a, a corporation, we started realizing that that wasn't really where our interests lie and that wasn't the fun stuff for us. And what we needed were a bunch of specialists to come in. We built the company by being a bunch of generalists and it was time to bring specialists in. And, and we knew they needed uh, the leadership of people who had done it before. And so um, uh, just last September, we promoted our COO and up to CEO and made a lot of other changes. And then Naomi and I went to part-time co-founders, our employee number one and the person who designed and in uh, our, all of our product for the, you know, the first eight years of the company, uh, she retired. So it was just a really a celebration of transition as we acknowledged and intentionally moved from startup into corporation. That's great. I, I love that, that you, you know, you went from a sort of specialist to, I'm sorry, from a generalist to a specialist. I think a lot of people um, when they're growing their companies don't realize that, that, you know, at some point you have to kind of you know, you have to compartmentalize and, and break things up a little bit so that things can get done as opposed to just focusing on everything, which I think entrepreneurs are known for doing. Um, speaking of the fact that you're growing and that you're a corporation, um, I noticed that you guys are a B certified um, corporation. So can you tell us a little bit about what that means and how sort of how you got, were able to get that designation? Absolutely. Um, that was actually an effort that was spearheaded by Naomi as soon as we well, we hired a COO and that took over Naomi's role as COO about a year before we promoted her to CEO. And so Naomi spent that time, the rest of that time, focused on getting our B Corp certification. And it, it takes some time. It took about a year. But fortunately, we had made decisions right out of the gate from the very beginning of the company that were very um, entrenched in our values for how we treat people how we show up for the community, what kind of products we use, the sustainable practices we use. And so it was it was pretty smooth sailing in terms of the foundation that we had laid, laid from the beginning, got us to the B Corp certification. A lot of companies don't pass the first time. A lot of companies take a few years. Uh, so we were pretty proud of the fact that we got through it with, um, you know, sailed through it with, with uh, a really... Um, commendable um, number on that scale. So, and it isn't just about sustainability. It's, it's, they get way up in, in your business and, and take a look at everything that you're doing historically, as well as in the present. And we wanted to make sure that those values were baked into the DNA of the company forever. Yeah, that is amazing. I'm so impressed by that. Um, so speaking of, you know, having great values and, you know, being open and inclusive to everyone. I know that you just launched in a collaboration with Target um, on some designs to celebrate Pride Month. So I'd love to, for you to tell us a little bit about that. Is this your first collaboration with Target? 
It is. It is. They reached out to us um, last year, wanting to know if we had any interest in working with them on a pride capsule. And so for a limited time, we said, yes, we would love to, to work with them. And so it was pretty much a licensing deal. They they did a great job in, in working with our patterns and finding uh, quality fabrics and produced their own version. It's Humble Yex by Target. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we're extremely thrilled, um, not only to, for the opportunity to expand awareness about what we're doing, but also the fact that they chose to offer uh, trans-adaptive clothing and include that in the capsule. So for us, that was a, a really big and proud prideful moment for the entire company and and kind of a mic drop moment for Naomi and I because that's really what we've been wanting to do was make sure that there was representation and and uh and inclusivity in in everything that we do Mm, that's amazing um you know I I'm gonna I think I know what you're gonna say for the next question but I just want to ask it I mean there's so many brands out there today trying to do the right thing when it comes to celebrating the LGBT community during the month of June, which is Pride Month, as we all know, you know, they often get it wrong. Um, So how is this partnership with Target different in your opinion? And sort of, you know, how are you and Target doing, getting it right? And why, why are you getting it right? Well, I think from the beginning, they worked with people within Target that are of the LGBTQ community and asked asked all of the right questions. Uh, We had a real champion in the merchandising department who I had not met, and she reached out to me after this collab was launched and just told me how proud she was to be working on it And, and then on set. And, and on the, you know, in the team that were there for the video shoots and every step of the way, they made sure to include people within the community uh, as part of the team working on it. And then we were very thoughtful about our approach and just the, uh, even on set, when we went down there and shot the commercial, there were so many tearful moments where people there knew the impact and the enormity of, of the impact and people's lives that were going to be changing or impacting. I, to date, five minutes ago, 10 minutes ago, I got a text from a, a trans friend down in San Fran who he knew that we had stuff at Target. And yet he said he just walked through there today and, and got teary and, you know, just realized what a difference, it, just the, the trauma of, of buying clothing as a kid to, to see that kids like him won't have to experience that when they walk into a target store. So we're hoping that they'll continue to carry the collection year round Mm. so that uh, these, these kids can be seen and heard or, or adults can have options for um, clothing that fits them. Yeah. I mean, it's fabulous. I mean, I'm getting a little teary. I actually have a gay son. I don't know if I've ever mentioned that publicly, but Uh Um, it does mean a lot. So I appreciate what you're doing. Um, so let's talk a little bit about you um, as an openly gay leader. I mean, have you um, faced any obstacles in your career? And how have you been able to turn those lemons into lemonade if you have? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, you know, I've, I've always been very upfront about my uh, sexuality. And, uh, and, it, and I've been a gay rights activist since my entire adult life. Uh, I think for me, it was a personal a personal journey in terms of when I came out, not, I was very excited to, to have a lot of answers about myself 
uh, and that I that I think I hadn't known until I was honest with myself about who I was. And so I thought that was cause for celebration. And and uh, needless to say, you know, coming out in the eighties, it was it was not as accepted. And so then it became my my journey or my passion to want to kind of prove that I'm still the same person I was uh, just because of who I love um, doesn't change the fact of who I am. And, and so it was important to me and, and also for people to be seen. And again, that representation. So, so certainly there have been obstacles. Um, uh, it, you've seen the numbers for raising money for women, uh, much less a lesbian couple um, that didn't know a knit from a woven. So we, we certainly had our obstacles, understandably. Um, but but the, 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 at the end of the day, my new soapbox is to change the face of uh, the people that have the most wealth and and um, and to spread that economic you know, uh, just I think that we get to gender equity by economics. And that's a big change for me, something that changed dra- drastically and radically for me in starting a business and becoming an entrepreneur. So there need to be more face people that look like me sitting around the table, making decisions about how money is spent and where funding goes. Yeah, so true. So true. Boards are so important. And, you know, the CFO positions um, are are so important. Um, So I have a bunch of other questions here, but we'll try to combine some of them. Um, Do you have any, um, I don't even know if this question is is relevant because I know your company is an entire B company, but do you have any sort of programs or anything at your company for specifically like ERGs for LGBTQ or um, is it just not the way your company works? And do you have any advice for companies that want to get more involved in this um, at their more traditional companies, I should say? I think it's just really about um, making an environment where people feel comfortable being who they are, feel comfortable in their own skin. And I think that the way you do that is that you have diversity around the table and are open to listening to differing viewpoints and differing ideas and opinions about how things should be. And the, the more diverse the people around the table are, the, you know, the, the better off that the, the company will be because um, you just think about things differently. And I think the data holds that to be, shows that that is the truth. And so um, I think that that's important. You know, as a company from the beginning, we, even long before we were profitable, uh, we always gave to different organizations that were LGBTQ friendly or, or for LGBTQ people, um, specifically you know, pride organizations or um, pride centers, uh, the Trevor Foundation. And we give regularly uh, donations of product and and uh, capital to local organizations that house gay youth. Um, we worked very closely for years with Safe Place, which is um, an international organization for housing for uh, refugees, LGBTQ plus refugees around the world. So that's just who Naomi and I are. And so that was that was a matter of course. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I love the idea of just being open to everyone, being inclusive to everyone. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Um, And lastly, sort of, I mean, how do you use your platform? I know you have such a great way of speaking and you have a platform clearly about uh, 
your feelings about being in, L in the LGBT community. So can you talk a little bit about how you use that to raise awareness of the issues impacting members of the group in general? Um, you did sort of mention I, some of the things that you're doing, but maybe you could elaborate on that a little. Yeah, I think that just the fact that, you know, we, we are a company that was built on a foundation of inclusivity and diversity. And that's how we've built the company. That, that foundational value system is very important to who we are today. Today, we have 39% of our uh, company is, is um, BIPOC and uh, we're at 35% uh, in the LGBTQ community. Uh, we have a, a strong female leadership team and, um, you know, it's, it's just in the decisions and the thoughtful way that we, that we come up with uh, our strategy and how we go about doing things. But I also think that that started at the beginning when Naomi and I formed the company, we weren't interested in being a company that wanted to, that you would aspire to be cool, but be, to be like us or to be like our company. We weren't that kind of a brand where we wanted you to, we want to tell you how to be cool. And instead we wanted to hold up a mirror to you so you could see yourself and who we are and what we're doing, because we think you're cool the way you are. And I think that that was really a, a, a kind of flipped brand branding on its, on its head. And I, and I also think that our approach to what, style of clothing and and how we chose to do the this uh patterns how we chose to do the fit and for example a, a good example of that is when we decided to expand due to customer demand into the five and six exercising we didn't just uh change the pattern and grade up we brought in a team of five and six x customers for focus group mm. and sat down with them and showed them what we were thinking and got their feedback and it greatly influenced the way that we design those and we design them very differently and yet we continue to offer them for the same price as we do the triple extra small and so because that to us was it's subtle shaming when you have to come into a, a, a store be it online or in person and your section is over yeah. here because of the shape of your body mm. and so I think being part of the LGBTQ community we knew what that subtle shaming is like to be excluded, to be outsiders. And so that's just in the DNA of, of what we built. Wow. It's so powerful and meaningful to so many people. I'm sure. I mean, is there anything that, that our listeners can take away though, in terms of how they can sort of think like you or think, you know, think in such an inclusive way at their companies. I mean, I know that's kind of a hard question for you to answer, but I just thought maybe I'd throw it out there. <laughs> you know, it's like, I just like, think it's important, you know, your, your, your work, you spend so much time at work and you spend so much time. For me, I, I can't imagine doing work that isn't purpose-driven. And so showing up for a paycheck was just, it's just never, it's, it's not who I am. And so it, it, it impacts the choices that I made throughout my career. And I think that people are becoming you know, you don't have to be working working for companies who don't share your values. You don't have to work with people who don't share your values. So be thoughtful and strategic about where you spend the majority of your time uh, to make a living. And, and I think that that's how we really change the world. Mm -hmm. Amazing. 
So finally, um, what's next for you um, and for Tomboy X? Well, we're scaling. We really uh, want to get awareness out. We're growing. We're profitable. We're doing all the right things. Uh, I just uh, think that it's time for the whole world to hear about us. So it's, it's all about awareness at this point. Great. Well, thank you so much, Fran. It was so nice to meet you. I really appreciate it. I loved everything that you, you had to say. So thanks again. Thank you, Melissa. Thanks for listening. For more information on this podcast, please check out our podcast channel page at womeninretail.com slash podcasts for show notes. Women in Retail Talks is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Make sure to subscribe on our podcast channel page as well. If you've enjoyed this episode, please take a few moments to rate and review. To learn more about Women in Retail and become a member of this amazing community, visit womeninretail.com. Thanks, and until next time, this has been Women in Retail Talks.